can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. So Hannah's still in Thailand, of course, uh, enjoying her time away. But Matt and I are back at work. Uh, There's no rest for the wicked, is there, Matthew? No, not at all. And how lucky for the listeners. I've gotten a lot of Matthew in the podcast lately. They have. I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if the podcast numbers uh, drop considerably. We'll definitely be able to see that and there will be a direct correlation between the episodes you've been in. So Yeah, I know exactly. And I think I'm already starting to see it. So I just want to let everybody know that I'm not here to stay. Um, I'm just here because <laughs> Hannah's away and Joe needs a bit of help behind the mic, don't you, Joe? Yeah, I do. I can't do this on my own. Um, we started this recording and you're drinking from a mug with a penis on it and by that I mean it's 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 got a phallic shaped attachment to it I can't even describe it yeah and it's annoying as well because they've made it's not very well endowed the mug so I can't it's not like a good handle to even hold it from so I have to I'm burning my hand even every time I hold it but it was given to me as a birthday present, so I have to use it. I've just been worried yeah. that I'm going to accidentally have it. Like, I'll just be using it during the day and then we'll be in, like, a serious... In a meeting, meeting yeah. <laughs> like my dick mug. Yeah. <laughs> Choose your audience with that one. Uh, Joe, what did you think of Mine and Eddie's Time Machine episode? Do you think it was a deviation of Adore Beauty's regular, mm. I guess, voice with the podcast? It was, yeah. Uh, when you first pitched the idea to me and you sent me a snippet, I thought... Yeah. I'm going to be taking a risk on them here, but I'm just going to let them have some fun and (laughs) I'm sure the listenership will be a bit lower that week, but that's okay. (laughs) So let us know what your feedback is if you've listened to that. If you'd like to hear more of the Boys Do a Time Machine episode, let me know. I can arrange that, but I don't know if we'll be getting many requests. We'll just put it that way. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But you are on this episode today because we're going to be talking about your skincare routine. So speaking of Beauty IQ, uh, Mr. Beauty IQ, sorry, you had a whole routine prescribed to you and I discovered recently that you weren't using any of it anymore apart from your cleanser and SPF. So we're going to talk about what to do about your skin. And then um, Hannah and I actually pre-recorded an interview with uh, podiatrist Sarah about ingrown toenails and Matt and I are going to do a product we didn't know we needed. For the OGs that still listen to this podcast from when it first came out, I think Sarah, we probably interviewed you maybe two years ago now. Sarah is a podiatrist at Kilmore and Wallen Podiatry Clinic and she joined us for one of our very, very early episodes. And we're just talking about feet in general, but today we're going to talk about ingrown toenails specifically. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Glad to be back. I remember, Hannah, you said to me when Sarah left, you're like, she's so good. Mm, I'm like, we we just didn't know what to expect from a podiatry interview. Like we didn't know what that was going to be like. Expectations (laughs) were low, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) You really blew us out of the water. Um, So as you know, Sarah, I really love watching ingrown toenail videos and I actually follow TikTok accounts that are specifically 
like they're about ingrown toenails and they show podiatrists cutting ingrown toenails out. Am I a freak? Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> but can you, can you talk us through what an ingrown toenail actually is and what causes them? Yep, definitely. So um, firstly, yes, it is a little bit strange that you do follow TikTok videos on that. No, no, actually definitely not. You'd be surprised. A lot of clients come in saying that they've uh, they've watched heaps of videos. I think it's so funny that people love watching it. Um, so an ingrown toenail, I, I guess one of the easiest ways to explain this is if you look at your if you look at your thumb and look at the um, your fingernail, because not everyone is going to be able to kick their shoes off right away and look at their toenail, it's when mm-hmm. the side of the nail grows into or pierces the skin, so the skin next to the nail. So if in any way that skin is interrupted, it's either broken from the the nail at the side or if it just gets a bit inflamed, that's sort of the the general term that we would say it's an ingrown toenail. And it can really range from just a very mild irritation um, at the side of the nail to a raging infection that can actually be really, really, really serious. Mm. And is it more of an issue on your feet because of shoes? Is that why it becomes an issue like why doesn't it happen on our hands yeah that's a, that's a really good question um yeah generally the environment that our feet are in so first of all the fact that yeah they're in shoes all the time so there's external pressures on the nail but also the work that our feet have to do so our feet are carrying mm. um they're, they're a weight-bearing structure so it's quite different to the hands too mm-hmm. and also and the environment as well with footwear in terms of being in shoes all day there's a fair bit of moisture therefore there's a sort of a different kinds of both sweat bacteria fungus so there's usually mm-hmm. different microorganisms in that area too. So it can kind of create a perfect mm. storm for a few problems that you don't mm. necessarily see on the hands. And um, how can an ingrown nail change the appearance of a toe? Um, so in a few ways. So say like we're just dealing with a mild ingrown toenail, if it's if it's pretty painful, the appearance will, will be changed because it'll be either red or swollen. So at first it can just look mm. a little bit I guess, like, I guess mildly unsightly. If it's something that's progressing or caused from, say, pressure, the, the toenail itself can change over time. So the actual shape can, can look really quite curved um, and the curving can even cause the nail to actually sort of sit above the skin. So it can the t- toenail itself can end up looking a little bit thicker, a little bit raised and really curved, which I know a lot of people don't like the look of. Mm-hmm. Also in terms of appearance, say if we do do a toenail or partial removal, which will be some of the videos that you watch, Joe, um, that can change the appearance of the nail as well. So sometimes for the better, um, if it's, say, looking really thick and curved, it can actually look a little bit better. Um, but it generally does leave a much skinnier toenail as well. So if we do do the mm-hmm. removal, it can change the appearance too. So are there any like at home things that we can do before we actually go to a podiatrist? Like if you sense that you may be getting ingrown toenails, is there anything you can do or anything that you would recommend to prevent them if you are prone to getting them? Yeah, listen, prevention is definitely, definitely better than trying an at-home treatment. In terms of if you think you've got one, it's probably best just to not touch it. Mm -hmm. I know that it's it's always really tempting to try and fix it, especially if it's something sore and it feels like, oh, it feels like something needs to come out. I'm just going to try and cut it out. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that does work. A lot of the times that's when people end up in a podiatrist's room saying, I've had a go at it and now it's gone from like Mm. a little bit of a niggle to really bad. (laughs) So if you are going to do anything, it would just be the basics of good like good wound care, salt water bath, good old salt water. Mm-hmm. Don't even bother with your dead oil or, or anything like that. Good old salt water and betadine. If you're going to use any sort of antiseptic, betadine is by far, by far the best to use. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of prevention, 
the old sort of that general advice that most people come back to is like cutting the toenails straight. It's generally true. Trying not to cut down the sides um, in order to prevent them. Best to let your toenails grow that little bit longer and try and cut them nice and straight across. That's you got to have your best bet at trying to, you know, prevent something from forming. Mm -hmm. And if all of those things like if you think that any of that's just not going to cut it, that's when you really should be seeing a podiatrist. Yeah. And what are the dangers of leaving an ingrown toenail untreated? Uh, the biggest danger would be the infection and how bad the mm. infection can get. So let's say if the, the skin at the side of the nail, if it has become, if the nail itself has pierced that skin, so we've got an open wound there and kind of like what I was saying before about the environment of our feet. So if they're in shoes all day, a um, bit of moisture, lots of different, you know, naturally occurring bacteria and fungus that live on our skin, maybe some extras in there as well, the infection can get pretty nasty. So... That's something that, you know, if it can be prevented or even just managed with good care with a podiatrist, so you don't need to take antibiotics, great. Um, but if it gets bad enough, you might even need antibiotics. So if you're in the, you know, if it's really bad and you should be on antibiotics and it's left untreated, you can actually get really, really sick um, if infection mm. is left untreated. And the other thing is pain. Um, they can be really, really, really painful. I don't know if either of you guys have had an ingrown toenail before, but... Um, no. Oh, I've had I've had some women com- like compare it to childbirth. I know that that sounds dramatic. What? I've never had children. Really? So I can definitely not comment. Um, yeah, wow. yeah. So it can be incredibly painful. So that would be the other thing: is the pain getting worse? Are they more mm. common in certain age groups or genders at all, or is it just across the board? Like anyone can get them. Yeah, anyone can get them. We definitely see a lot in like in kids, like sort of from about ah. ten onwards, like in like early early teens, um, and especially I think okay. like behaviours like picking nails and bad habits and poor hygiene is mm. a, and developing immune systems but then from then mm-hmm. on it's um like yeah everyone especially at the moment I don't know yeah, what's well. going on every everyone has ingrown toenails at the moment yeah we couldn't get pedicures over COVID yeah maybe yeah. that's why I don't, I don't know what it is it's wild um everyone's got ingrown toenails the so things like shellac is that like because that hardens the toenail does that make you more susceptible to an ingrown no, like really. Constantly. Okay. No, not really. The only thing that could, um, like if you're getting shellac, I'm going to assume that you're probably getting toenail care at your pedicure place as well. Um, yeah. And both how they might cut your toenail and the instruments that they're using, that would probably be, if there's any risk there, that would probably be yeah. the bigger risk. And I've seen a handful okay. of people that have, yeah, had had pedicures and then it's sort of just gotten gotten really bad. Full disclaimer though, mm-hmm. I'm only seeing the things that go bad. There might be heaps of people that have no problems whatsoever mm. but the shellac yeah, itself yeah. nah not really more mm-hmm. things for like fungal infections and stuff that's probably where the the risks are with shellac are there any particular types of footwear that are more likely to cause ingrowns uh yes but it's not so much the type of footwear it's just whatever sort of pressure might be caused on the toenail so you can even have like okay the best the best footwear you might be wearing sort of your really good bed footwear or frankie four or sort of like it or you know a really good runner but if it's not fitting you properly or if it's causing pressure directly onto that toenail that's what's mm-hmm. going to make it either be a potential cause or possibly make it worse so it's all about just yeah, sort of okay. repetitive rubbing or pressure there if you can do anything to avoid that which really comes down to good fitting footwear um that's the main thing um, but your, your obvious obvious ones are like either high heels or like pointy-toed shoes. They're like no, no matter what you do, they're, they're going to cause some pressure on the toenails. So either limiting mm-hmm. your time in that sort of footwear or trying to choose a style or brand that, that is a little bit deeper, a little bit wider, that's going to fit you properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I started running, everyone was like, make sure you go half a size to a full size up or your toenails are going to fall off. And I was like, oh, my God, why is this not spoken about more? <laughs> 
it really scared me, but I did end up doing that and they're fine. But yeah, that panicked me. I was like, I'm not running marathons or anything. I think we're going to be fine. Um, what is the worst kind of ingrown toenail you've seen? Like, do you have any stories that you can tell us about bad ones that you've encountered? That's a good question. I've seen some, I've seen some absolute rippers lately. I think the, the really, <laughs> the really bad ones are, and I should probably go back to your first question that I didn't answer properly as well, um, about the actual causes, but some of the really bad ones are if there's a really bad infection and there's a lot of what's called hypergranulation tissue. Granulation tissue is when you're, when your body's healing a wound. Um, it's the nice sort of base that that your body forms to heal a wound. And sometimes your body can form too much of it. So we get this sort of really puffy, very vascular tissue. And that's usually what makes the ingrown tunnel a lot worse if your body's trying to heal itself. Mm. But we get too much of this sort of red puffy tissue that kind of goes over the top of the toenail. So the worst ones oh. are when we get heaps of that. So if there's a really bad infection, if there's a lot of hypergranulation tissue, so it's a fun thing to maybe pop into Google, Google ingrotonal hypergranulation mm-hmm. tissue. I will be, really, don't you worry. Really red, puffy, <laughs> puffy bits of tissue that go over the top of the toenail. They can be the hardest to treat um, and, yeah, probably the worst, the most gnarly-looking ones, yeah. Mm. Okay, yeah. Have you had an ingrown toenail before, Sarah? Um, only mild ones, nothing nothing too bad, only really mild. And I have to say, even with a mild one, a little knock to it or, you know, a night in tight shoes or something like, oh, this is really uncomfortable and this is barely anything. Yeah. I now have some, um, you know, some understanding of what people are going through. It can be really bad. Yeah. Well, I feel like our feet take a while to heal as well. I don't know. I've got really bad circulation in my hands and feet. I always find if I get a blister or something, it takes ages to heal, even though if I got like an abrasion somewhere else or like a wound somewhere else, it would heal straight away. Like do feet tend to take longer? Yeah, yeah, and they can for a few reasons. So exactly what you said, in terms of circulation, um, you know, it's your heart's job to pump blood all around the body. So the your feet are the furthest part away. So if there's mm. any reason you might have reduced circulation to your feet, um, even if you're super healthy but it's really, really cold, your body will constrict the blood vessels to your hands and yeah. feet. So blood flow is, is exactly what we need to heal. Any interruption there can slow mm. things down. Um, but also the workload on the feet as well. So, you know, if you've got a cut on your hand or even like a wrist injury, you can you can rest it, you can stop using it, but you can't really stop. It's very hard to anyway to stop using your feet. Mm. So as simple yeah. as a blister, you've still got to put on your shoes every day. You've still got to walk around to some degree. So it can, can yeah. take a little bit longer to heal, yeah. I don't think I've had an ingrown. I think I've had like I've had maybe the side of the nail starts to grow. And is that an ingrown? But I just I've cut it off before it gets like bad. I've gotten to the, yeah, to the point yeah. where it's a little bit spiky and you're yeah, like, it's a little mm, bit spiky. Like I need to get rid of that on. and you need to like, you know, cut it out, but no, nothing that was like, oh my God, this is the worst pain of my life. Yeah. yeah. And that's like probably like a sliding door moment that you've had there that it yeah. probably could have been whatever you had there, like just a really mild, oh, there's, there's something just in that, that top yeah. corner there. Um, yeah. that can, in some people can very easily just turn into, um, a nasty infection there. So, and what you've yeah. done is obviously worked worked well. That if you've been able to cut it away, um, fantastic. Mm. If say you did a really bad job at cutting it away, if you're someone yeah. that maybe couldn't see properly, didn't have the hand strength to do it properly, and left a little yeah. spike in there, that's when it could have got yeah really mm. painful, really infected. Yeah, yep. Do they reoccur, or can you get one once and then never get one again? Uh, yeah, often often reoccur. Um, mm-hmm. but sometimes you can have, yeah, people can be, I was going to say unlucky, but it probably is lucky that you can have just a, a one-off. Yeah. 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 Um, 
So in answer to your first question that like I didn't quite go through all of the causes, but the causes can often be just the natural shape of your toenail. So genetics will Mm -hmm. determine that. Some people just have like a really curved, you know, looking at the shape of the nail, it can be in a real curved shape or a semicircle. So if they're like Mm -hmm. that, there's always that little bit more pressure on the skin at the sides. Doesn't mean you're guaranteed mm-hmm. to get them, but it can make it a bit a bit more likely. But that coupled with, say, if there's any trauma to the nail, so whether that's like a big injury or even just repetitive micro trauma, so wearing tight shoes day in, day out, that repetitive pressure on the nail can cause a little bit of um, an inflammatory response at the side there that can make it worse. Mm-hmm. Um, cutting the toenails poorly as well. A lot of people blame it on that. It's not always the only problem. But if you cut, say, some people like to cut their toenails really, really, really short. And if they cut really short in the corners there um, and the toenail starts to grow back up again, it can wedge itself into the skin. So that's just an easy mm. way to, to cause ingrown toenails. Don't cut your toenails too short. Try not to cut in the corners unless you absolutely have to. Fun fact, though, I didn't know this until not too long ago, but Roaccutane, the um, acne medication, oh, that can actually really? be cause of ingrown toenails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, the what? reason that you can be, you can be more likely, I think, um, to develop hypergranulation tissue, so that red puffy tissue ah. that can form at the side of the nail. You're more likely to develop that when you're on that. So that's just something I usually ask that's people. That's so interesting. Have a random ingrown toenail. You can be more likely to get them on Rakuten. Wow, what mm. a fun fact. Yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you for sharing all of your um, ingrown toenail knowledge with us, Sarah. If you do have an ingrown toenail, you can go and see Sarah Plummer at Kilmore and Wallen Podiatry Clinic. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Anytime. Thank you so much for having me again. Anytime. They call her Sarah Plummer, more like Sarah Podiatrist. (laughs) (laughs) I'm leaving that in. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Yeah, leave that in. Um, Okay, so Matt, tell me a bit about your skin. You said to me you felt like your skin got a bit sensitive after you were using all of those products and it was too complicated for you. So talk to me about it. Yeah, well, I mean, I I don't know how much of this is just like in my head because this has probably happened to a lot of people. But Mm. before I had you, because before Mr. Beauty IQ, literally zero skincare whatsoever. And I'd never even thought about my skin at all in terms of like Mm. how it looks. So I can't really say I have a good reference because it's not like I was ever noticing it. But I did just start to realize when I was using the particular products I was using, I don't know. I think I just started to notice. I'm like, oh, no, there are like things wrong with my skin and maybe I should stop doing this altogether because I wasn't doing anything before Mm. and my skin was fine and now I've started doing stuff and now it doesn't seem fine and I think it just sort of freaks me out a little bit. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't think any of that is true, but I mean, as you can see, can't you see this? Like I just have really weird old skin under my (laughs) eyes. Like it looks like I've lived (laughs) far too long. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say what you said before is really common. When people start to use skincare, it's the first time they've used skincare or first time they've had a consultation with anyone about skincare, you become like hyper aware. And so you're like picking out all these things that maybe you previously hadn't noticed that just become really obvious to you. And I think that's happened to a lot of people over this COVID time because we never used to look at ourselves that much. But as soon as we were seeing our faces on Zoom every day, you were noticing these things that you just previously would have only have seen if you'd gone to the bathroom at work like twice throughout the day. So I think we've just become hyper aware of that. But that tends to happen when you first get into skincare, I think. Um, I do know what you mean about the crepiness around your eyes that you've pointed out. 
I would suggest, look, I really think that you would benefit from some skin needling. I think that would be great, especially for that crepiness around the eye because skin needling encourages the production of collagen and elastin. So I think that would be really good for you and also just for general skin clarity as well. And then I also think maybe like a peel as well, like a series of peels. So if you haven't been using any kind of skincare, you're not exfoliating apart from when you shave the lower half of your face, but it would probably benefit you in terms of tone and texture to have a few peels um, and then have the skin needling as well for that, particularly for that around the eye area. But it's also just good for general rejuvenation and anti-aging. And then product-wise, you're using the La Roche-Posay Telerion cleanser. Yep. yep. And then you're using Ultraviolet Supreme Screen. Yeah. So at night, you're not putting anything, you're just cleansing and or you're not even oh, cleansing. No, 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 no. Well, no, I'm, I am cleansing. And then that's um, it. Although, pull cards on the table. I will cleanse in the evening only if I wore SPF that day. And if I didn't wear SPF that day, which I know that I I should be, but if I didn't, then I probably won't do anything. I know it's stupid. All all day, every day, I'm consuming skincare content for like editing these podcasts, doing bite-sized beauty. And I know the whole time that I'm the fool, that I'm not doing it. And I think all I need is a pump up. Well, I think we can simplify your routine a lot. So we're keeping the Telerion uh, cleanser from La Roche-Posay in your routine because you seem to like that. Love it. But you've said you're a little bit more sensitive. So maybe those products that you were using, you were using like a dedicated vitamin C B yeah. and A, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe we need to go a bit gentler with the A. So something like Cosmetics um, Serum 16. That's what I use because I'm a little bit more sensitive to vitamin A. I think your skin would tolerate that really well. Vitamin A is retinol, right? Yeah. So you could use that in the evening and it's kind of like a creamy texture. It's quite nice um, and it smells good too. And you could use that quite regularly. Like you wouldn't really have to spend too much time phasing that in because it you'd adjust quite well. And then in terms of the morning, you'd want something with antioxidants and something hydrating that isn't going to leave you looking shiny. And I yeah. think that Dermalogica Smart Response Serum would be really good to use in the morning. What's in that? Just lots of different antioxidants. I think it's got some peptides in it. Um, okay. it, would, it would probably have hyaluronic acid in it. I don't know exactly, but it has a whole cocktail of ingredients. So it's kind of that all-in-one. Right, but not in like a cringe way. Like not in like a no. three in one body wash shampoo. Yes, no, absolutely not. not. I would never like tell that. you to use anything like that. No. So I would say that and then your Supreme Screen over the top. Cosmetic Serum 16 for nighttime. So you might want to use that on alternating nights with something else. But also if you're going to be lazy and not do it anyway, then there's no point in us putting something else in your routine. But I reckon you could go a B. Alternate a B at night with the retinol. Just because the B is going to be good for, you know, repairing the skin and hydrating the skin and it's going to be good for tone as well. Look, you can keep it basic. If our listeners are hearing this and going like, oh, my boyfriend just will not use skincare, all he needs to do is just cleanse, moisturize, SPF. That's it. Even if he just wants to use like a cheap hyaluronic acid or something as the hydrating product in his routine, keeping up your hydration making sure you're protected from the sun and making sure your skin is clean are those like key three things that are going to keep your skin health at its best. Obviously, the extra stuff is just additional. Look, that one's up to you, but I think they would be good additions to your routine if we're going to ease you back into skincare. It's easy for you to follow. Um, But I do think that they would also complement some professional treatments at this stage because you have mentioned several times that area around your eyes. So... 
And you know what as well? Shame on you, Joe, in a sense okay. of... Um, <laughs> you know how they say, like, when people quit smoking, don't feel ashamed if you start smoking again and you have to quit again because, like, every time you quit you get better at quitting. Like every time well, you... I've never smoked, so I've never heard that. No, I don't know no, where but, you like, get but, all no, these no, things. No, 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 no but you understand from. that in terms of like people who try to quit something or try to take on a good habit. Let's, let's, yeah. let's take smoking out of the equation. Let's say if someone wants to start eating healthy, it's yeah. like, okay, for a week or something, they're making themselves green smoothies, um, whatever. They're having like vegetables and then the next week they're just having like whiz fizz again. Yeah. Don't feel ashamed to start doing healthy things again because... Every time you do it, you sort of get better at it when you're trying yeah. to um, take on a new habit or break an old habit. So yeah. shame on you for making uh, me feel bad for not <laughs> having, um, you know, my skincare routine is not perfect at the moment because I have a feeling that this next go around, um, it'll be a lot more implemented into my routine. Okay. Well, I, it's just more my my encouragement. That's how I encourage you to get back into it. But I kind of did that same thing with running. People were like, can yeah. you share more about your running? I was like, no, because I'm probably going to give up in another four weeks. And I kind of have, but I still yeah. run occasionally, but I'm not as much on the bandwagon as I was while we we're in lockdown. So I just didn't want to have to explain myself that I wasn't running as much anymore and then yeah. have people judge me for that. So I just, um, yeah, just didn't publicize it. But look, to be honest, these days, skincare is accessible at pretty much any price point. Yeah. So, you know, there's the affordable stuff, there's the bougie stuff, wherever you want to start, it's a good place to start. As long as there's a cleanser, moisturizer and an SPF, then I'm happy. Do you think I need an eye cream um, if I'm, like, concerned about the whole eye thing? It could be some help, but I think the stage that you're at now, I would suggest that your professional treatments go with that first and then maintain the results with an eye cream. Yeah, okay. That was the nicest way I could say that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fine. Anyway, um, well, there's your new skincare routine. I'll try and get you a free serum from Dermalogica because that one's expensive and I know you probably won't go and buy it. For sure. Joe. oh, i got to take a quick nap, but I'll catch you in the products we didn't know we needed. (laughs) Okay. All right, see you then. Oh, I needed that. Um, Joe, <laughs> products we didn't know we needed. Uh, it's very different working with you <laughs> versus working with Anna. Um, and, you know, speaking of sleep, mm. my product I didn't know I needed is the Shh Silk Pillowcase. Yes. Now, listen, if you're like me and maybe you're struggling to keep up that constant motivation for your skincare... Something that can literally help you in your sleep, it takes no motivation whatsoever, is having a silk pillowcase. Mm-hmm. He's not wrong. From my memory, because I remember I got it from when we were doing Mr. Beauty IQ, silk is far less abrasive than mm-hmm. regular cotton pillowcases. So you're not going to be yeah. having something like rough rub up against your skin while you sleep. It's also good for your hair, I hear, for kind mm-hmm. of the same reason. But also, yeah. I think more importantly is... Things that'll stick to your pillowcase while you sleep, like all the, the gross stuff from your face, it sticks into cotton a lot more than it would with silk. So with silk, it just sort of like rolls off a lot uh, quicker and you don't have to wash it as much to keep it hygienic to have your face lying on it. Is that correct? Potentially, but I think um, the main thing with it is that it, it doesn't absorb as much of your skincare as a cotton pillowcase does. 
So when you put all your expensive skincare on, it doesn't absorb as much of it. Oh, so it's more so in terms of like not taking it away from your face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. And can I just tell you, I had a nap on a cotton pillowcase the other day. I was really tired. I just used my cotton pillowcase that's like, you know, from my um, like... What's it called? My doona. Oh, like the like the display pillowcase. Yes, kinda. the display yeah. pillowcase. Yeah. Anyway, so I lay down. I have a, a nap on that. I wake up just before I'm meant to go to my parents' house for a big family dinner. I wake up and I've got these lines all yeah. down the side of my face, which I haven't had in so long because you just don't get that with a silk pillowcase, especially the silk ones because they fit your pillow so well. Um, yeah. And I just haven't experienced that the sleep lines in so long. Um, and I didn't realize how much the silk pillowcase changed my life, but I just will not sleep on anything else. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it's like also you just feel like absolute royalty sleeping yeah. on something that's silk. You're just like this is this mm. is what they want you. This is what sleep should feel like. And 100%. also, the, the, like the sh- silk has a zip on it, so like the case, like the case, like moves up and down yeah. the pillow, and you have to like My keep putting feature. it back on. Yeah, exactly. It'll mm. always stay the same way. So mm. it's a product I didn't know I needed because. Work smarter, not harder. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Yeah. Um. So my product, I didn't know I needed today. That was uh, you really sold that in. That's probably yeah. the best one that we've ever heard. Um. So mine today is the Mac Cosmetics False Lashes Maximizer. Now I need to add this to my cart because I actually had this used on me by Beck from Mac when we we're in Sydney, and she said to me as she was doing my makeup, she's like your eyebrow hairs are so long. And I was like, I know they're like John Howard eyebrows. Like I have to trim them all the time. And I hadn't trimmed them before we went to Sydney. And so they were like out of control. And she was like, I need to get them to sit flat. So I'm going to use this product. And she used it. She was like, oh yes, this is working perfectly. Like I'm able to just brush them out and they're going to stay in place. And I was like, oh, what is it? Cause it looked like a mascara and it was the false lashes maximizer. So it's in this like white tube and it's kind of like a, almost a lash primer, I guess. She said that, I think I remember this correctly, but she said you can put it on before mascara and it just like makes your lashes look amazing. She said she uses it every day and her lashes looked crazy, um, like in a good way. Um, but she also uses IMB too and so do I. So now I'm just convinced that and I so need it. so does my mother. And so does your mother now because I recommended it. For it. Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Christmas um, present. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'm planning on adding this to my next staff order. I kind of, I was at my max last order in December and I thought, mm, this can probably wait till Jan, but I'm really keen to get it because firstly, she was like, you can use it in your brows and it holds them in place all day, which it did. We got home at, I don't even know what time after the awards. Yeah. Um, so I actually have a ghost story that I want to tell you. Actually, I have an ick from my cousin. That she sent me, and I have a ghost story. As in, you you got you got the ick for your cousin. No, no, <laughs> no. My cousin <laughs> listens to this podcast, and she said I have an ick for you. And I said, okay. Can I talk about that on the podcast? So her ick was that she was seeing this guy, and he was in his thirties, and he still had trophies from like his under twelves footy games <laughs> on his oh, that's like all above right. his that- bed. <laughs> And oh. she was like, I just, I had to call it. They weren't in a box somewhere. They were actually displayed. Yeah. And I thought that's a good call. I was going to say, I feel like most people would keep like their trophies from like when they were kids, but if they're still on top of they the can't thing, be, They can't be on display. They can be in a box in storage. That's fair yeah. enough. But no, not sorry. As soon as you're past 25, 
those have got to go away yeah especially if they're yeah. like they'll probably just i mean speaking from my experience they're just participation trophies anyway <laughs> so that's not worth having it out there <laughs> um anyway so my ghost story so i've yeah. already told you this story but i want to tell everyone else because i just need dm me if you think this is a legit ghost situation or i'm just insane so i was on this date and the guy that i was on the date with was telling me ghost stories about his own experiences with ghosts. So obviously I'm frothing that because I love ghost stories, but I'm getting a bit scared and I'm getting like chills while he's telling me these stories because they're so like realistic. Anyway, I go home, I go to bed, I'm laying in bed, my eyes are shut and I just hear my bag that was sitting, not the bag that I used that night. It was, it had been sitting in the same spot for weeks on top of my set of drawers and I just hear it fall off the drawers. And I'm panicked at this point thinking there's a ghost in my room. And how else could that have fallen off? Like it was steady. It was on a flat surface. I hadn't even touched it, hadn't moved it, hadn't even gone near the drawers when I got home and it just fell off. And so I tried to tell myself that it hadn't happened and I just went to sleep. And then in the morning I woke up and it was just in the most precarious position that it couldn't have gotten to by just accidentally falling off. It was like over by the side of the wall. And I just thought, how did you get there? Like, that's not a logical position for you to be in if you just fell off the chest of drawers. Oh, so not only did it fall randomly, which yeah. is concerning enough, it's actually now in a different In a spot really weird... No, so I didn't look at where it landed when I, when I heard it. I was like, oh my God, yeah. I'm freaking the f*** how out. Did you not, how did you not have enough, like, curiosity to do that? Oh, like, because I, I just... I could have gone back to sleep if that happened. I was just telling myself, don't even look. Don't even look at it because it'll freak you out more. Just pretend it's just... It was somehow it's just become unstable and fallen and then when I got up in the morning I was like no no that was definitely a ghost um when I saw it on the floor and I thought maybe he's sent a ghost home with me or the ghosts in my life have just wanted to prove that they exist because I've heard all these ghost stories and been like whoa that's so cool and remember how we said like the psychic said that my grandmother was always around me I'm like, yeah. is she trying to tell me that she's always around me? Like, Yeah, but what is that message supposed to mean? Is it supposed to mean keep seeing the... Has it, has it got anything I don't to know. do with the guy that you see? I don't know. If the ghosts that are listening to me record this podcast right now, if you could please confirm whether that's a positive or a negative sign in some way, maybe, yeah, if you could let me know because it's a little bit confusing and I'm not sure if it has anything to do with that guy or if it's just to do with me believing in ghosts and you just wanted to confirm that you do in fact exist. Um, but yeah, I'd really love to hear other people's ghost stories so that we can tell them on this podcast. Actually, send us your voice memos. If you have a really cool ghost story, I'm so into hearing it. I really want to hear yeah. it. So if you Maybe do have next- one, send it to podcast at adorebeauty.com.au. Maybe we need to get um, one of those like ghost hunters to come <gasps> over to your house and we can record that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah, I think I had a ghost idea. in my last house as well. Am I just crazy? Yeah. I think maybe you're just, yeah, I think maybe something's going on. I think you're in- inhaling too yeah. much retinol fume or something. <laughs> God, I really want people to send their stories in. Please do. If you have a ghost story, I really want to hear but it. But do you like it? Is it friendly to you or is it something scary? Oh, no, like, I, I don't mind it. Like, it's obviously scared me when I heard the bag fall off because I was like, oh, my God, there's actually, like, someone in here, um, which I've never really, like, thought too much about. But I'm comfortable with the idea of ghosts because I don't think that it would be anyone bad. Yeah, yeah. You know, if it's if I know that it's someone pleasant, then I don't mind them being in my space. But do you reckon someone pleasant would be doing that? Like, throwing your bag around and Maybe. making it sit in weird spots? Yeah, don't say that to, to me. 
I'm just saying, maybe you've done something wrong. Um, now I've got shivers. Don't say that to me. Yeah. Uh, now I'm not going to be able to sleep. Well, <laughs> anyway. look, thanks for having me on this episode, Joe. That's okay. Um, thanks for being here. This is the Appreciate last one, it. listeners, I promise. Because Unless God, Hannah doesn't I, return I, from Thailand and decides to yeah. move over there, then it might just be you and me. Might just be you and me, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to learn a lot more. Um, <laughs> no, because I, I was in the Sydney episode and then I was in the... Um, like an intro with Hannah for the episode. Oh after yes! That. Oh my God, and you've then, really overstayed your welcome. And then I did the time machine episode. Yeah. And now I'm in this episode. Yeah, it's time for you to f- off now. Yeah, time for me to get yeah. out of here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. See ya. Thanks everyone for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. 